Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Finding someone who shares your values in today's culture isn't easy, and being single around the holidays isn't easy either. That's why Catholic Singles created a website and app where single Catholics can meet and get to know each other that focuses on values, activities, and interests. For over two decades, Catholic Singles has been fostering deep relationships because your faith matters. Start today at catholicsingles.com. That's catholicsingles.com. Ignatius Press is pleased to announce the first national book club created for Catholic schools. Ignatius Book Club for Catholic Schools was launched to support Catholic schools' dedication to forming the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Ignatius Book Club for Schools partnered with leading publishers of children's literature to offer the best books and educational materials for all reading levels and interests. Head to ignatiusbookclub.com podcast and find wholesome books that delight, inspire, and enrich. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. Welcome to Mary's Touch, the show that brings you real-life stories of Mary's love and real-life stories of Christian men and women living a heroic witness. Today's guest is a very special guest. Her name is Rosario Rodriguez, and she is a sister in Christ, and she is bulletproof. (laughs) Her faith is bulletproof. I want to tell you, my friends, um, about a woman of God who has survived not one, but two violent crimes— Two violent crimes, and yet the love and the grace and the mercy of God that flows from her heart is a lesson for all of us. Rosario grew up in Michigan. Starting in her high school years, she has spent most of her life working in many capacities with different Catholic ministries, from inner-city youth, campus ministry, pro-life, CCD and RCIA, the poor and the homeless all over the United States, Canada, Mexico, and the United Kingdom. When she first moved to Los Angeles, she worked in Hollywood at Act One, an organization training Christian writers and producers to work in the mainstream entertainment industry. Now she travels everywhere, sharing her amazing story with thousands of people, including gang members with the LAPD for Operation Ceasefire and a victim awareness program at a high maximum security prison. Rosario lives in Los Angeles with her husband, and she's passionate about her family, her faith, and her story has yet to be told on Mary's Touch. So I'm really excited, Rosario, to have you in studio to share your testimony. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share it. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. Now, I mean, it'd be one thing if you survived one horrific incident, but you Mm -hmm. have two. And, And not only did you survive, but you credit the miracle of your life to Our Lady, the Mother of God. And this is truly what we aim to do at Mary's Touch is to tell people the power of the Blessed Mother, the power of One Hail Mary, the power of being consecrated and devoted to her. Talk about what happened to you um, during your first incident and, and, you know, just bring us to that place. Yeah, well, I was 14 years old and I started walking on my way to school. And actually for the first couple months, things felt strange. 
I just felt like someone was always watching me. And come to find out, someone was. I was stalked for three months, and then I was attacked by a man. And as he was attacking me, I started screaming the Hail Mary at the top of my lungs over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, he stopped attacking me and attempting to rape me. And he looked up above my head, and his face looked terrified. And he jumped up, and he ran away. And I was shocked because he had his hand over my mouth as I was screaming the Hail Mary. So there's no way that no one could actually hear me. And I stood up as he ran away, and I turned around to see what he saw, and I saw nothing. The police were called. The detectives came. I explained everything. And um, when I described him, they knew who this man was. Mm. He was a serial rapist and killer. He'd Mm. been going around to all the area high schools. He was attacking all the young girls. Most of them were freshmen like I was. And he was raping and killing them. And I was the only young woman that he attacked that he didn't fully rape and that he didn't kill. Mm. And I was very grateful to be alive. And what moved you in that moment to cry out to Our Lady? It was a natural reaction. I grew up in a family that was Catholic, and um, my parents actually didn't know a lot about their faith for a while. But then some friends started really catechizing them and sharing more of Scripture with them. They joined a Bible study, and they just fell in love. My dad became very passionate, as did my mom. And, of course, my mom, being Mexican, already had a deep devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I'm named for her. It's my middle name, Rosario Guadalupe. And we always were taught to pray the Hail Mary at a very young age. And I remember one moment where I was very, very young. I had a horrible nightmare. And so my mom came running and I, because I was screaming out. And she was there comforting me. And I'm the oldest of six kids. Mm-hmm. And she had a new baby and the baby was crying. And she told me she had to go take care of the baby. And I didn't want her to leave. I was so scared. And she told me then, she said, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe is here with you right now. And she said, I just want you to imagine her holding you in her arms. She has you wrapped around in her mantle. She's got you tight and she's going to rock you to sleep at night while I go to the baby. Mm. And so I did that. She gave her to you as, as your mother. Yes. And she said, you know, we always have her. She's always with you. And growing up, my um, parents were really big on about stopping us no matter what was happening. If we got a phone call, because, you know, we didn't have cell phones back in those days. Right. If we got a phone call and someone's saying someone's sick, someone's gone to the hospital, or we heard a siren, whether it was police or ambulance, we all stopped as a family and we prayed a Hail Mary for that person. Mm. And so it was that training Mm -hmm. um, to the point where when I was in sixth grade, I was going to an elementary school and there was a hospital right across the street from the elementary school. And I got in trouble because I was always stopping to pray because I heard ambulance sirens all the time. So, yeah, the teachers had a. <laughs> so this is this is really a lesson for parents. You know, when you're teaching your children about the power of prayer and the power of our heavenly helpers. And in this case, our lady, the mother of God. So in the time of this violent act, when some people might not even know what to do, you had this natural instinct to cry mm-hmm. out to our lady and just scream the Hail Mary. The power of the Hail Mary, you believe it saved your life. Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. The detectives couldn't understand why he would just jump up and run away because there had been other witnesses at other times where he had attacked other women. So we know that he wasn't afraid of that. This wasn't his M.O. That's why I truly believe, without a doubt, that it was a miracle and it was our Blessed Mother. I don't know you know, if she appeared to him or Mm -hmm. it was St. Michael, or my guardian angel, or maybe all three. But I really believe that she was huge in saving my life that day. She covered you with her mantle. And 
it's an incredible story and one to really, I mean, for 14 years old, I remember working for Bishop Barbarito down in Florida and he used to always say the power of one Hail Mary, the power of just one Hail Mary can do so much. And in your case, it saved your life. And you did not know at 14 going through this violent experience, which probably triggered a lot of things a lot of fears, Mm -hmm. a lot of things in the future that might shape you and the way that you relate to people or what you do and your free spirit, you would never be able to predict what would happen to you many years later when you moved to Los Angeles. Another violent crime. That's right. So the first one, I was 14 years old, a freshman in high school. Fast forward many years, um, I did struggle with PTSD. I sought counseling through someone at my parish, a doctor there who was amazing, and walking into his office was Our Lady of Guadalupe hanging on his wall, Mm. which for me confirms, like, Our Lady was about everything. She was about my healing. She was always there to bring me to Christ and to comfort me when I needed her, especially with my struggle with men at that time because I, Mm. I, that taught me not to trust men. And so she was always there when I felt like I couldn't go to Christ because he was too manly. And so she was always there with her loving, her comfort, her femininity, and that really helped me heal. And so after I spent years healing, and then fast forward, I'm 31 years old, living in Los Angeles after living Big all city. over the United States. Yeah, yeah and Mexico. I lived right. in Mexico, Mexico for a time. Michigan, all yeah. over. And then the city of angels, but it's it's a tough place to live. It's it a is. big city and mm-hmm. a lot of different neighborhoods and nuances and who gets shot? I mean, my guest, ladies and gentlemen, Rosario Rodriguez was attacked as a 14 year old and then later in her 30s is actually the victim of a shooting, a random shooting. Mm hmm. And it was in a what's considered a nice neighborhood here in Los Angeles, not too far for, from the studio where we're recording right now. It was near West Hollywood and Beverly Hills, and it's where there have been celebrity sightings. And mm-hmm. I was walking at 11 o'clock that night, but it was like walking down a busy street in Manhattan. Right. I mean, right. no one would ever think in this neighborhood. When I tell people the story who are from the area and they know the area, they're shocked that this would happen here. Right. I was going to drop a pair of keys off at a friend's house who had to pick up our other friend from the airport in the morning. No big deal at 11. And all of a sudden, this young woman comes running up from behind me. I feel my body being turned. She had grabbed hold of one of my purse, um, the handles of my purse. I had two of them. And all of a sudden, I stop and I'm facing her with a gun to my face. And she yells at me and says, Give me your purse while shoot. And I look at her while one of the other handle of my purse is caught on my arm. And I look her right in the eye and I said, please don't shoot. I have no money. She yanked the purse off of my arm and she pulled the trigger. Mm. The bullet hit me in my chest on my left side. Mm. And I was standing at an angle. And so the bullet moved across my chest. And as it moved across my chest, it missed my aorta by one centimeter. Mm. The fragments hit both my lungs and they collapsed and it tore my esophagus before lodging itself up in my right clavicle. The head surgeon on call that day told me that I should have dropped dead the moment the bullet hit me. He Mm. said, we don't know why you're alive. And not only did I obviously not drop dead, but I didn't even fall. I didn't feel the bullet go in. I felt no pain at first. And in shock, I put my hand up to my chest and I took my hand away and I felt something wet and I looked down and there was a little bit of blood. Not a lot, but just a little bit of blood. And that's when I knew I was shot. 
Unbelievable. I mean, this is not something that you wake up saying, I might have to watch out for flying bullets. I mean, you survived a miraculous situation at 14. Now you're confronted in your 30s with being shot in a random act of violence, a robbery. And uh, here in Los Angeles, a place where you set out for dreams Mm -hmm. uh, to live a craft, you know, here in Hollywood as a young Catholic woman. And this changed everything for you. It did. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from being healthy and feeling independent. I I remember just days before walking around and and thinking, wow, where's that broken girl from way back then? You know, Mm -hmm. look at me. I'm living in Los Angeles on my own. And it was very exciting. Um, I had a tough life. I mean, you know, life's not always easy. I always try not to glamorize it, but I loved it. It was a good life. And I loved the work I was doing. I loved the people I worked with. I had made a ton of friends upon moving to Los Angeles. There were so many different things I was involved with. I was involved with 40 Days for Life. I was involved with volunteering for LAPS, which is the Crisis Pregnancy Center Mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles. I'd made a lot of friends doing that. Just so many things that I really enjoyed doing. And so all of a sudden, I was faced with this complete change of life where everything was taken away from me. You were in the hospital for a while. Yeah. So I was rushed to emergency room, Cedar sinai which is only a few blocks away. And I found out later they didn't even think I was going to make it to the hospital. And I was rushed in. I ended up in surgery for a little over eight hours They did a very rare surgery where they cut through my muscle on my side, Mm. and they used some of it. They took it out and used it as a patch for my esophagus. Mm. This procedure is very rare. And so they said it was amazing that the head doctor on call that night, the head surgeon, was actually familiar with this procedure and could do it. 90% of the people who have this procedure end up having complications and leakage, and they end up either on a feeding tube for the rest of their life Mm. or they die. They don't make it. So I am in a 10% success rate. Incredible. My guest today is Rosario Rodriguez. She is a beautiful woman of God inside and out. She is a miracle times two. We're going to talk to her when we come back from a quick break. We're going to hear from the Knights of Columbus. Don't go away. You're listening to Mary's Touch, and you want to hear more of Rosario Rodriguez's miraculous story and the intervention of Our Lady of Guadalupe. The Faith and Freedom Minute explores the intersection of our Catholic faith and modern American culture, offering insights to understand and navigate the divide between secular viewpoints and our Catholic principles. Brought to you by the Knights of Columbus, here's past State Deputy for Texas, Douglas Oldmixon. Promoting genuine civil discourse, Knights of Columbus leader Carl Anderson recently said, Pope Francis has encouraged all of us to think of our church as a fraternal community. Even when members disagree strongly about issues, there is still a place for charity. Our public discourse should not only be respectful, but reflect that these discussions occur among the followers of Christ, and that must make them different. While in the Tower of London awaiting execution, St. Thomas More composed a prayer that begins, Have mercy on all that bear me evil will, and make us save souls in heaven together. If Thomas More could offer this prayer for those who had unjustly condemned him to death, then perhaps all of us, can do the same in our public discussions. As Knights of Columbus, we commit to be practitioners of robust but respectful debate on matters of human dignity. Will you join us? This has been the Knights of Columbus Faith and Freedom Minute. To learn more about the effective witness and practical works of the world's largest Catholic family organization, please visit our website at kfc.org. That's kofc.org. 
www.mary'sTouch.org. And we're back. This is Alexis Walkenstein with Mary's Touch, and we are with my dear, dear sister friend, Rosario Rodriguez, in studio here in Hollywood. And I'm just so honored to have her here to share her testimony. If you are just joining us and you didn't hear us before the break, when she was 14 years old, she survived a violent attack. She screamed the Hail Mary. A serial killer and rapist stopped the act of violence after she screamed the Hail Mary. The power of the Hail Mary saved my guest's life. And then flash forward many years later, in her 30s, she's in L.A., and she was telling us about being out in the city, like like being out in the streets of New York at night, very safe, an area not too far from where we're recording our show right now. And she was approached, told, give me your purse or I will shoot. Rosario was shot. The bullet missed her aorta, the main aorta, by One one centimeter. And the doctor said that she shouldn't have made the ambulance ride. My guest is a miracle, and she attributes all this to Our Lady. And she has such a profound life. You know, we can question God about the things that happen to us, the bad things that happen to us, and I'm sure you have, Rosario. Mm -hmm. But when we think about Romans 8.28, that God works all things together for his good, according to those called to his purpose. He has worked so many things together for you to go around the country, around the world. Mm -hmm. I understand that you were contacted to come and speak outside of this country. That's right, yeah. uh, To share your testimony, not just of survival, but of the mercy and forgiveness because God had to probably work on you to Mm -hmm. forgive your attackers, right? Oh, yeah. It's been a long journey of learning to forgive and carrying for years not forgiving, choosing to carry the bitterness and the anger with me. And it just destroyed me. And um, I think of, can't remember if it's St. Augustine or Thomas, one of those two guys, Thomas Aquinas, but said like, not forgiving someone is like drinking a vial of poison and then expecting the other person to die. Mm. And that was me. I was killing myself with the bitterness. And, you know, they say hurt people, hurt people. That was me. I was hurting so many people because I was hurting. And it took my parish priest where I finally met with him and he said, you have to forgive this man for what he did to you. And he said, start out little, but I want you in the morning to wake up and say, I forgive this man for what he did to me. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you believe the words or not, just start saying the words. And he also told me to go into therapy, which I did from a doctor from our parish. So working with him and knowing Our Lady was with me through that whole journey and then starting to forgive. And it wasn't like a light switch or anything. It was this gradual process. process. Where I really realized that I had forgiven him and I had this freedom and this peace and this light on that I hadn't experienced since the attack. Even though it was gradual, it was dramatic. Mm. And to notice this huge transition of like carrying this weight and then being free. Yeah, absolutely. This incredible freedom. And from there, I decided like I knew there are a lot of women who've been hurt as well. And I didn't want other women to be carrying the burden that I carried for so long. Mm. So I started getting into ministry from that right away. We're broken people on the earth. I mean, we might not have been shot. We may not have Mm -hmm. been almost murdered and raped the way you have been hurt. But we're all broken people. Mm -hmm. We all, every day, we get banged up out in the world. And there are things that we could harbor and hold on to and fester Mm -hmm. and build resentment. Or we can turn it back over to Jesus and Mary. That's right. And I've learned that as hard as it was to forgive that man and later, you know, the young woman who shot me. It's been harder for me to forgive people who I believe are supposed to love me the most. So like Mm. my parents, my family members, siblings, you know, by the things they say or the things they don't say. There's so many times in our lives, whether it's just like one little thing. And one of the things I learned from um, my other counselor after I got shot that I went to, a Franciscan nun in Michigan, 
You know, she said, your parents and those who love you are doing the best they can with what they've been given. And no one will ever love you perfectly like God can. Only he can love you perfectly. And she kind of put it on me and was like, can you love all these people perfectly? And I was like, no. And she said, then why are you putting that on them? And I find that with through my travels, we all do it. We all expect to be loved perfectly, but we also know we can't love perfectly. And the only person who can love us perfectly is our Heavenly Father and our Blessed Mother. And that's why God gave us, you know, this gift mm. of her to us to have a mother we can go to and yeah. and have a Heavenly Father that we can go to. But sometimes we have to forgive our perception. Right especially of the father, because our earthly father has failed in so many ways that we tend to perceive God and even Christ as we perceive our earthly father and their faults. And Mm -hmm. so I encourage people to really seek forgiveness in that perception Mm -hmm. of who he is and to realize that he's going to love you perfectly. He really can. And I think sometimes we're permitted to have all these shortcomings around us so that we will be driven to that reality Mm -hmm. that it is really only God that can fill the deepest longing and the deepest need and the hurts and the pains. You obviously are a daughter of Our Lady of Guadalupe Mm -hmm. by your heritage and by your devotion. I was so blessed to go last year to her miraculous shrine in Mm -hmm. the Basilica in Mexico City. And you're named after her. You are a special daughter of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I have to believe that her presence in your life is what has accompanied you through this process. Talk about the x-ray that you had. You were sharing with me a little bit about the imprint. They took an x-ray, and I had this medallion of her where the main part of it is all metal, and it's just a pl- the image of her is on a plastic thing that's glued to this metal. So technically, if through the x-ray, I should have just seen like one big white spot right, for right. the metal. But on the x-ray, you could actually see the outline of her from my metal because they mm-hmm. didn't take it off because it was emergency, and mm-hmm, you know they were just mm-hmm. trying to get things done as fast as possible. And so you could see the outline of Our Lady and even at a follow-up appointment that one of the doctors from my team was pointing at it and looking and, and I was wearing it at that follow-up appointment and he was pointing mm-hmm. and saying, look, look, you can see her, you can see her. I think that's amazing because that's how she manifested mm-hmm. to Juan Diego. And yeah. so then this manifestation in the whole process of your medical treatment became a testimony to everybody mm-hmm. around you, became a conversation piece. Yeah, It was absolutely. like you weren't going to go through this alone and without her presence being revealed. Obviously, my mother has been by my side my whole life. And I do credit her for saving my life the night of the shooting, not only from seeing her, the outline of her image, but after this young woman shot me, she got into a waiting car and they took off down the street. And my first thought, which was from training from my father, was... I need to get the license plate of this car. car. <laughs> so I start <laughs> little Steve McQueen yes, action. <laughs> I start running after her and chasing the car down the middle of this side street. And so I'm running after her and I start praying and I'm like, Lord, how am I supposed to catch up to this car at a time like this? And all of a sudden the car stopped. I was like, Thank you, Jesus. And then I start praying again and I'm like, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to remember a license plate number at a time like this? I've just been shot. And um, but I get close enough to see the car and I see the license plate and it was a word and the word was shield. And I was like, that's easy to remember. Thank you, Jesus. And I turn around and I start running back. And later when I think about it, I think of two things. One I think of is that scripture verse, thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. The other thing I think of is our lady's mantle and how it is a shield. Like she shielded me from so 
much from like, I mean, I should have fallen. Um, the doctor said it looked like a hand guided the bullet around all my vital organs. Unbelievable. Except for my esophagus. And they said, that's hard enough on a normal person, but I'm a very petite person where my organs are smushed together. And he was like, this is not normal. He was like, <laughs> and he said, when my parents came from Michigan to the hospital, the head surgeon told my parents, God smiled on your daughter that day. And I definitely believe that not only did he, but that it was our blessed mother who protected me once again. It's incredible. I mean, Our Lady is miraculous. And we have this invisible cloud of witnesses that are there for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus gave us Our Lady on the cross when he was in his agony. And he said to John, behold your mother and mother, behold your son. We are John. We're all John, you know. Mm -hmm. And your mom gave you Our Lady You know, Mm -hmm. she had multiple children to take care of. And, you know, like, you know, she was relying on her mother and taught you that reliance at a young age. Parents who are listening, these are not small seeds that you plant. Rosario's mother imbued in her the reliance on her divine mother. She wasn't so prideful that she would say, I can mother all my kids and and this daughter, Mm -hmm. too, and perfectly. She, in her weakness, turned over her child to the divine family. And that's what we all need to do with our kids and, and to teach them young because these are impressionable moments. I had on my show recently uh, another powerful testimony, and we were talking about how testimony becomes like Acts of the Apostles. When mm-hmm. we start to share the goodness of God, he, lend, he can do it again. Mm-hmm. And that testimony becomes an anointing for people who are hearing. The founder of Dynamic Deacon said about you, Rosario's incredible witness to the power of forgiveness and healing makes her one of the most passionate and engaging speakers in the church today. Her inspiring story of God's love and mercy will lift your soul as she recounts her transformation from victim, this is important, from victim to victor. Rosario has a message that is vitally important and much needed in our world, a message that will change hearts, minds, and lives. I mean, isn't that incredible that God would actually permit you to ruin a little bit of your life, yeah, but then to go and be so transformed to bring about the glory for other people who desperately need this message, who've been hurt and maybe are suffering in secret. Maybe they've never told anybody that they were raped. Maybe they never told anybody about some of the ways that they've been abused Mm -hmm. or just those pains of the soul that can happen from the brokenness of our world. And here you are raised up for God's glory to Mm -hmm. share this testimony of forgiveness. What would you say to someone listening today who might be bound up by unforgiveness, something that they can't get over or they might be in a 30-year rift with someone or they just can't forgive themselves? What would you say? We have like just two minutes left. What would you say? I would say first, the only way you can forgive is through the help of Christ. So don't feel that burden that you have to do it all on your own. He's going to help you and go to our Blessed Mother, consecrate yourself. That will change your life. I did in my 20s. It changed my life. My husband and I recently consecrated ourselves to Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was just days ago, and we've Mm. already experienced so much grace from it. But I would say go to Our Lady. Go to the sacraments. Spend time in adoration. Go to Mass as often as you can. When the priest raised the host in the chalice at the consecration is the most powerful moment of prayer that you can possibly do at that time. So pray, pray for the gift to forgive and he will help you. So don't feel the burden on yourself, but go to him and he will help you. He will take you step by step. Sometimes it won't be instant like we want because we don't even realize we're not capable sometimes of that instant change 
And so I would say be patient in the journey, be patient with the process, and just take your time and start forgiving other people and maybe yourself in small ways until you can get to the big ones. I always encourage people to join me on a journey because I'm still on this journey of forgiving people. You know, start small till you can go big, but go to our Lord because he will give you the tools and the grace to forgive when you can't. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. How can people who want to bring you to their schools, their dioceses, women's groups to come and speak? I know that you have a, p- a powerful charism to speak and share your testimony, and people love to bring you around. So how can they do that if listeners are, are hearing you today? I have a website, rosariorodriguez.org. If you Google it, it should be on the first page. It should be like the second thing I think that comes up. The first one is a baseball player. I'm not him. <laughs> so... Yeah, rosariorodriguez.org. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I just pray that God increases all of your work and your ministry and your mission and continues to heal you and bless you. I'm grateful that he brought you into my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, for all of you listeners today, know that God is touching you through this testimony. He wants to do a mighty work in you, and it's already begun. So let him finish that process for you. May Our Lady intercede for everybody listening, and we thank you, listeners, for being faithful followers of Mary's Touch. I'm Alexis Walkenstein. God love you. God bless you. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at caneford.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at woodhillcommunitycenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit toyotaonnicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at lexusoflexington.com.